Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, Take good notes and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here at our uh, studio in our home office here in Pembroke Center, right across from Stop and Shop. I have the one and only Melissa Wallace with me. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So happy to be here with you in studio. Yes, we are in studio together. I know, I know. (laughs) It's been a little sporadic this summer, but. Just think, this is our last show, really, of the summer. I don't know when the official end of summer is, but I don't know. I, I know kids are back to school, so yeah. does that mean it's? A, I don't know. I, I have a cat. I, I, I know. Labor Day is Monday, <laughs> so I mean, I figure it's over after that. Yeah. Um, and then we have another special guest with us um, again. I mean, she was such a hit the last time. We were like, oh, let's bring her back on. <laughs> so I have uh, joining with us remotely Liz Costa, who is just happens to be my sister. That's my maiden name, Costa. So hey, Liz. Hey, Sharon. Hi, Melissa. Hi. <laughs> Good to see you again. Yeah. Nice to see you ladies as well. You we- did such a great job yeah. last time. Is your hand tired from like all the autographs that you were signing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, I have such a huge fan base. I just don't know what to do with myself anymore. <laughs> well, you actually do have a fan base because um, we we replayed our show from last Saturday, um, this Tuesday, and there were some people who were texting me saying, this is such a great show. Um, somebody who shares a name with you, Liz, uh, that's my <laughs> mom. She was like, oh my gosh, she's so funny. I love her. <laughs> so uh yeah you have a lot of you have a lot of fans out there absolutely mel you want to just sort of give our listeners here on watd a sort of a synopsis of what we're going to talk about and why we asked liz to join us again yeah so um we were talking about condos because liz lives in a condo she was um open about that in our last episode um she lives in a condo in abington and she sort of went through um you know uh, an issue with water um, and going through her insurance and you sort of went, <laughs> you got in depth with that. You were almost like yelling at everybody listening to us, but you were very firm in, in oh, your she was passionate. Oh about yeah. That you're, you're very passionate about it. But 
um, pretty much, you know, we were just going over mm-hmm. what, what Liz, um, how you like living in a condo. It works for your lifestyle. Um, and we were just sort of going over, you know, where, where people are at in their lives. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought that we would have Liz because the part that she was so passionate about came at like the very last three minutes of the <laughs> yeah. radio show that we had um, a week ago today. And uh, we thought it would be nice to have her back so we can get more in depth about that. But why don't we, for today's purposes, um, and to IWATD listeners who were not maybe listening to us last week, maybe just do a little snapshot of what last week's show was about and maybe just go over a couple of the pros and cons. Yeah. So we did get into the pros and cons. And if you want to listen to that show, you can go to talkrealestateroundtable.com or go to your podcast app and look for it. Um, Liz, I put your name front and center on that. <laughs> um, so maybe you can just Google Liz Costa and it'll come up too. There you go. <laughs> um, but we were just talking about the pros and cons of living in a condo. Um, we do have a couple or one of our condos coming on the market. One of our agents is putting it on and she had asked us some questions about that. Um, and just condos kept coming up, um, you know, sort of in our day-to-day life because we sell real estate. So that's, you know, that, that happens. Um, so we were just thinking, you know, maybe we could have Liz come on, talk about what it's like to live in a condo, keeping it real. Um, and you definitely kept it real, Liz, and we appreciate that. Um, so we thought we would continue on some, you know, some pros and cons. Liz, do you want to recap any of the pros and cons that you, um, talked about last week? Sure. Sure. Um, just very quick, Quickly, um, some of the pros for living in a condo is as a single person who owns her own home, it's great for my lifestyle. Um, I don't have to worry about yard maintenance. As a matter of fact, they're out there now cutting shrubs and trimming up the bushes and see that. And I get to sit in the house and do nothing. Um, <laughs> worry about snow removal. I don't have to worry about um you know, building maintenance per se, like, oh, you know, the roof needs redoing or, you know, it needs to be, the house needs to be painted. It just works for me. I don't have to worry about that stuff, but it does obviously come with a cost. I do pay condo fees um, every month. And with those condo fees, um, you know, takes into consideration my water use here at the Gables. We don't get water bills. Um, Water bills are included. I did not know that. So yeah. sometimes they're not included. So that's a good thing. But you know what? Let me talk about that for a minute because that's really interesting to me because you're a single person. So how are they How are they calculating what your portion is? You're a single person that- Or do you just pay a flat rate? Um, we do have the, the water meters. Um, I'm not sure how it's calculated. I know when the builder built this condo complex, I am literally on the last- plot of land and then Brockton's literally across the street from me and I know when the builder built this unit they allowed us to tap into I believe Brockton water so we on the Brockton water and they didn't put individual um meters like what I don't think there are individual water meters for every unit I think they're just you know they get a water bill like I think it's every month from the town of Brockton and they just divide it up 
And yeah, but the, so that doesn't, I would look into that, Liz, because that's sort of interesting to me, as I was saying uh, before I stepped away there. There, for there are pros and cons to that. We had a meeting a couple years ago where they were going to put meters in everyone's houses. But the point is not everyone would have their meter. Like if I was, if they were going to do that, my meter would actually be in the basement of the woman who owns the condo below me. So if I had any issues, now I have to deal have with to have access to her unit. Have her unit. And so a lot of people were like, no, 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 that no. Well, I would guess, honestly, I'm going to cut you off just like you cut me off. This is the nice thing about having your sister in your radio show, <laughs> that she'll just cut me off no matter what. Um, but this is my point. The people who are probably complaining about that, because honestly, I'll tell you right now, I've been in my house for 30 years. I've never once gone to my water meter. So you'll never need to go to your water meter. But the people who are probably on those levels are the ones that are complaining. You're a single person doing laundry for you, feeding for you. You're, And again, you're not home. You're working in the city. I mean, you're working from home today, we can see. And you're, you know, you're not showering your shower every day, but like you're one person. <laughs> you're not showering. She just told everybody in the South Shore that. <laughs> yeah, my sister showers. Okay. Um, and she, you know what? She's single. Mm, if anyone wants to mingle, I got a sister. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is, but think about people who are down there because you're not a 55 plus development. So you have kids down there. So you have people potentially that have four, six people living in their unit, all those showers, all that food, you know, cooking, cleaning, dishwasher, laundry. So there, there has to be an equation that's put into that. Why you wouldn't pay equally. Yeah. I don't think we do pay equally. I think it, what comes out of your condo fees for the water I'm surmising this is a calculation on the owner and how many people are living in the unit. So I'm sure like Angie lives alone as well. The woman downstairs from me. Yeah. So we're not getting charged the same out of our condo fees for the water as the guy in the townhouse across the way with five kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there is an equation. Um, I've just really never given it much thought because my condo fees are so low. I think 287 mm-hmm. is pretty low a month. And that covers, you know, money that goes towards the master insurance policy, money that goes towards the water, money that goes through landscaping. I mean, a couple times a year, they do send out the financials to us. And this complex spends a fortune on landscaping and snow removal. I mean, I can honestly say a majority of our funds, I know, are paying those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The water bill is pretty hefty, too. But like I said, I've never look into that for me. I'm going to cut you off again. She's, con- she's concerned. I, I am really, I'm just, I'm sort of interested at this point, really. If you could just look into that. I don't know if Chris, your maintenance guy there or your super, whatever he is. Um, I don't know when I just said super, I was thinking of three's company. Remember like, come yeah. and knock on my door. I watch that. Oh yeah. Cause you're super. Alice is old enough for that. No. <laughs> no. Mr. Roper, right? Um, I'd be interested and we can give our listeners an update on that because I would say that you would want it to be fair, right? Yeah. So it has to be somehow. 
anyways, that's, but that's I, my I don't think I don't think not having a water bill is the norm. I, I think it's far and few where you're going to go into a condo, buy a condo and you're not going to have a water bill. Like I was wow. saying, Melissa, when you stepped away, when the builder built this property right across the street from Brockton, he was granted access to the Brockton water source. That's whose water we use. And when he built this, he had to make sure he used all, um, you know, those fancy toilets and only use like this much water, yeah. which I replaced. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, other, you know, water things. We're not allowed to wash our cars. We're not allowed to. So there are rules to keep the water use down. But I don't think it's a norm not to have a water bill. I, I don't think, think so either. Yeah, I, I think this place is one in like probably far and few between. Mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking, you know, when you go to sell either a condo or a single family, whatever, some some bit of real estate, you have a final water reading. So I'd be curious to know how that process would work because I, I'm sure the attorneys would be looking for that, Yeah, but we would have to say, oh, it's included in the condo fee. But like, how do we, how do you calculate how that do you final calculate part that? of it? Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get we need to know these answers. <laughs> we need to know these answers, Liz. So if you could just give us, you know, if you could get those questions answered for us, we can give our listeners an update on that. But that is yeah, uh, very, very interesting. When we're on, oh, I know when I bought the condo 10 plus years ago, uh, the woman didn't supply a final water reading. I mean, there's no final water reading to supply. There's no way to tell. But you paid her water bill for a certain amount of time. Well, well but you pay monthly? do you pay monthly for the water? No, it's not even a bill, Sharon. It's just included in the condo fees. <laughs> I'm, you, you're throwing me off. Did I swear? <laughs> oh, I'm in, I'm in the middle of two sisters. <laughs> I don't have sisters in real life, but I feel like I do right now. <laughs> uh, can we... Can we get back to the like final please do final lottery? So this is supposed to be about selling kind of. So we're ta we're talking about you. You are a seller. Well, you're not looking to sell right now, right? Um, but if if you would be looking to sell, so some of the documents that we would need. Um, so do you if we went to you and said, Oh, do you have your condo docs? Do you have your meeting minutes? Do you have that? Because those are some things that we're gonna need. Um, yes, I always have my bylaws. Our condo docs here are referred to as bylaws and they're yeah. all the rules and regulations. I have all the amendments that have been, you know, done over the years. I do have my master insurance policy for the complex, not my personal one, but I do have that to show a potential uh, buyer. Mm -hmm. uh, I do not have the minutes because usually when they come out, they're just more updates like um, there'll be a large you know, two large garbage things, you know, twice a year, they get the two large garbage things so people can get rid of furniture and things like that. Or in the minutes will be, you know, we're going to be retiring Camden Way. So please mm -hmm. park, visit a section by the clubhouse if you live there. They're very like generic. So typically with the minutes, I tend to just read them and toss them. Mm -hmm. There's something eye-catching and pertinent that I want to follow up with um, our management company with, but um, they're easy, easy enough to get if a potential buyer um, wanted to see, say, the last six, you know, meetings from the last six me meetings. I could easily obtain. You them. should just scan them and put them in a file on your computer. 
And then you'll just always have them something good to sort of look back yeah. on and reference. This is, this is just something, you know, and I, if I was going to purchase a condo again, I am a single woman as well. So if I was going to be looking to purchase a, a condo, I would want the meeting minutes because I would want to see firsthand that there isn't, you know, something being brought up in the meeting, like, oh, there's a creep, you know, mm-hmm. walking around at nighttime, you know, singling out blonde single females because <laughs> I'd be like oh nope not not I don't want that um but those, those types of things so your complex you know is sort of um general generic um information about that but I think that the whole dumpster thing is a good idea too because some people don't know where how they're going to get rid of all these mm-hmm. things so it would be nice as a buyer to be like oh cool like mm-hmm. they do that like once twice a year um so th- that could be something that's appealing to a buyer for your complex as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be, it would be good to have that. Oh, yeah. You're shaking your head. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think it's a great, I, I mean, I like the minutes I've told, I told the story last week too, is, you know, when I was working, you know, as a buyer's agent and Mary primarily does that now for our team. Um, I remember looking for one of my client's daughters and in, right in the minutes, it said that one of the renters was harassing the female people, you know, female people, <laughs> The female, not the female dogs, but the female people, but the female residents, um, you know, sort of harassing them in the parking lot. So I just thought, why would you even try to go down that? That actually just brought up something else in my head was if you can rent out your condo. So can you rent or Airbnb your condos in your complex? Um, There is a, um, a cap on that. So I know if you, if I was going to rent it. I would have to reach out to the management company and see if the maximum amount of units has already been rented out. Mm-hmm. They just let every buyer rent out their unit. I don't think we can use our units as Airbnbs. Um, to be honest with you, I don't have information on that because I would never. <laughs> Here's the real thing too is I don't I think anyone's Airbnb in an Abington. <laughs> no one's Airbnb in an Abington anyway. So, but in, in regards to buying a unit and using it for like, um, you know, just a rental property, you would have to look into that because they're not going to allow you to rent your unit if we've already got 20% of the units being rented. There is a cap on how many units in the complex can be used as rental property. Yeah. So that's something important when you're going to uh, look for a condo. What? <laughs> I'm just laughing at myself because we're live right now, even though we're pre-recording for Saturday show, we're live right now on Facebook on Boston Connect Real Estate. And um, there's this wire behind me that drives me absolutely crazy. So I just positioned my seat so you can't see it anymore. <laughs> oh, well. So I digress. That's I'm, all. I'm glad that's we got all. that out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, where was I going? A rental mm. property. The rental oh, property. the rental property. So that's something that um, would be important for a buyer to know. So they could see that in your condo documents um, because if their intention on purchasing a condo is to rent it out, so mm-hmm. for some, um, you know, to make money and make some revenue, um, that would be important. So one of the things that we always like to do is have these documents in hand before we even hit live in MLS mm-hmm. because it as a if a good buyer's agent comes along, they're going to ask for those documents. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that a little bit. And other than the pros and the cons, because we're still on the pros, I believe. 
But when you are a buyer purchasing a condo, some of the items that you would look for would be the condo docs. That's why as a listing agent, you would always want those. You would also want the budget. You would want the minutes of the meeting uh, just to review all that. And you make your offer contingent upon review and acceptance of those items. Mm -hmm. And then you have your attorney review them. I know the number one question that everybody always has about a condo, can I have dogs? What is the rules and regulations at where you are, Liz? Um, there are no, um, well, there are rules and regulations. Everyone's allowed to have dogs. You can have multiple dogs. Um, I don't think you're allowed to have like 65 cats, but I mean, everyone seems to, you know, have pets here. There are areas where you're allowed to walk your dog. You are responsible for picking up its waste. Um, so mm-hmm. you do see people walking around, you know, with the little bags and so forth, but yeah, yeah it seems like seems like everyone I know here has a pet. I think I'm the only one that's a pre- me, myself and Angela. I think I'm the only two that don't have dogs or cats. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman downstairs. But um, yes, I mean, the previous people downstairs had three dogs. Um, I know there's a gentleman down the way who's got like two big husky dogs. It depends on the size of your unit, I guess. Too, usually in the regulations, it would say like a certain, usually it's by the breed as mm. well. So they wouldn't allow a pit bull or a doman pincher is another big one. So usually it's by the breed. Mm. So if you are considering purchasing a condo, uh, you definitely want to get that information from the condo docs and rules and regulations and declaration and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, to see and make sure um, that you're checking to see that you can have your size dog. Yeah. Mr. Sharon, what are some other documents that we would need in order to sort of go live in MLS or as a buyer's agent, what are some of As a buyer's agent or a seller's agent? As a buyer's agent, what are some documents that you would ask for? Well, certainly I would be asking for the, the condo minutes, right? We already discussed that and we discussed it last week um, just to see what is going on, any special assessments or anything like that. And, and here's something to keep in mind is special assessments can happen yeah. all along the way. Mm-hmm. So I did have a situation where I had a condo, it was happened to be in Abington, but not at the same development as Liz. And the special assessment came in and we were already under contract. So it sort of had to be renegotiated what was going to happen with that. Oh, yeah. Weren't they the decks? Something to do with decks, I think. Yeah. So there was a special assessment um, and they figured it all out. Anyways, I think maybe each of them decided to pay half on it because Mm -hmm. it was sort of unexpected. So, um, but those are really, I mean, the budget, you certainly want to make sure that it's a healthy budget and that, you know, they're not always going into the reserves because if they, and you want to make sure there is a healthy reserve in that budget, because if something does come up with the decks, you want to say, okay, something coming up with the decks on Regency Lane, do they have enough to cover that? Or is there a special assessment sort of in the works that's going to go on? As an individual, though, I mean, I would be asking Liz, do, what updates have you done? You have a new air conditioning unit, obviously. Um, when's the last time that you had your air duct? Like, I wouldn't ask those questions, but those are good things that Liz would, I would have Liz put together as a seller if she was selling. She has her ducts cleaned once a year or every two years. I have my ducts done every every other year, my ducts, but I have my dryer vent cleaned every year because my dryer yeah. vent goes through the attic. So I can't do it. So I have to have a company to come in to do my dryer vent. 
Yeah. And a lot of people don't even do that, but that would be good for her to give us as information, because I think that those are all, you know, sort of extras that she does do and takes care of. It just shows pride of ownership of the seller. So Mm -hmm. Um, what about some of the cons? Let's talk about a couple of the cons. Um, The cons would definitely be the noise. I know we touched upon that at the um, last Mm -hmm. week's um, show that the um, soundproofing between um, first and second floor is very weak for some reason. It's almost as if you're in one house and you're living with the person downstairs sometimes based on the noise. Um, I cannot hear any noise from my neighbor um, beside me or on the other side of me. It's just strictly up and down. Like I can hear Angie coughing. I know prior to when Angie owned the condo, there was um, a young couple um, who had two boys. And if I was in my bathroom, I could hear the boy's phone vibrating on his nightstand in the morning. Really? Yeah. I bet you that has something to do. I'd be interested, Liz, to know if the original owner of your unit put that hardwood floor in. Because if it was wall-to-wall carpet, that would be some cushioning there that you wouldn't probably hear that noise. It happens in the bathroom with the tile floors. Yeah. Bedrooms are carpeted. So and yeah. I can still hear the noise. Um, I know that um, when they started building the later units, because I'm in one of the first buildings that were built, yeah, that, complaints, one. that that complaint was widely heard by the builder. So he did start, you know, putting in a little bit more soundproofing between first and second floor units for like. Well, the here's the good news for you, because um, we'll get into your story real quick. Um, we're going to be taking a break in a couple minutes, but you can tell your story about where you are and then we can get into the insurance part of it. But they're going to have to rip all her sailing down anyways. So you should suggest that there's some extra um, soundproofing that's put in, in the, in her sailing, which would be your floor. Well, you got to also remember though, um, with the insurance situation, the woman downstairs doesn't have adequate insurance. So she is using the master policy insurance. And so they only repaired a spec. So they're not going to put anything extra in. Yeah. But maybe the new spec is that extra cushioning, but anyways, they won't no, it's the original spec. So if yeah. there's only like two inches of insulation in there, that's all they're going to repair. They're not going to say, oh, since the ceiling's down, let's put in 10. They're not going to do that. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, still waiting on them. This has been a nightmare. I know. So we will... Um... Actually, so right now we we should maybe what we'll we'll do because we can sort of change gears. Are there any other things that you want to discuss about pros and cons, Mel? No, I, I think you sort of covered it. Okay, perfect. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break? And um, we I think Kevin is with us right now. So we'll take a quick break, play a couple commercials. And then when we come back, we're going to have my sister, Liz Costa, who's joining us today as our guest. She's going to discuss the situation that happened at her condo and the repercussions of, you know, insurance and not having adequate insurance. Um, she is fully covered, but um, she'll get into that because I learned a lot about it. So I wanted to give her more than two minutes to discuss it. So Kevin, we're ready when you are to take that break. Let's face it, we all get to the point in our lives when our current home no longer suits our everyday needs. With ever-changing living dynamics, addressing your future is all about right-sizing. You know, finding the right size home for you right now. Are the walls echoing because your house is feeling a little less full? 
Are you realizing that you have more space than you actually need? Are your storage areas filled with everybody else's cherished memories? Let us help you find the right size for you right now. I'm Sharon McNamara, the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Let's face it, we all get to the point in our lives when our current home no longer suits our everyday needs. With ever-changing living dynamics, addressing your future is all about right-sizing. You know, finding the right size home for you right now. Is your current living space too small? Are you looking for more room to grow? Do you find yourself making continuous home improvements to fit your current lifestyle needs? Let us help you find the right size for you right now. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. And we're back. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. I am Sharon McNamara, the proud broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate located here on the South Shore. Uh, We have several agents here that are servicing all over. And of course, I have my own team. Uh, Mary Baker is not able to join us today, but I do have the one and only Melissa Wallace with me today. Hello. Hello, hello. So we glad. are together. We today. are together today. <laughs> um, and um, I have my sister, Liz Costa, who is joining us because we're continuing our conversations about condominiums and everything. Uh, but Mel, why don't you let our listeners know if they wanted to connect with us off air um, and how they could listen to some of our past shows and all that good stuff. Yeah. If you want to listen to Liz's first show with us uh, or any of our past shows, you can go to talkrealestateroundtable.com. You can go to bostonconnect.com. Find us on there. All of our content information. Um, we are live every Tuesday night at 6.15, 6.15 to 7 and Saturday morning, 10 to 11. So if you didn't know we're on twice a week, mm-hmm. we are. Um, and yeah, if you you know want to get in touch with us, 781-826-8000, we'd be happy to help you with all of your real estate needs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you can go to your favorite podcast app yeah. and just say talk real estate round table and uh, it will play. It so, will. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can call out the um the a the girl's a name. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to say it because we have a few here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think any of us are plugged in. They're all upstairs. Maybe. Yeah. But you can say Alexa, play Alexa. Talk Real Estate Roundtable on WATD. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, it does yeah. it that way too. Anyways. <laughs> So, hey, Liz, we're happy to have you back here again. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us twice. And our conversation was so great last week that I thought having you back to continue on. um, Give everybody a little synopsis for the listeners who were not listening last week. Um, Just a quick snapshot of what happened in your condo and where you stand with everything now. Sure. Um, About a month ago, I needed to have my... um, central AC uh, condenser outside replaced. So when I had that replaced, my repairman who I've been using for the past several years to service my air conditioner suggested I get a new evaporator coil system. Uh, So the unit outside I purchased would work adequately because the newer models are more efficient, use a different type of Freon, so forth, so on. So I said, yeah, let's do it. So in order to do that, he needed to uh, take out the old 
coil system, which sits on top of your furnace. Now my furnace is in a utility closet in my unit. So it's a big double door closet on the left side's my washer and dryer tower. And then on my right side's my furnace. And then that sits on top of that's the evaporator coil system that works in conjunction with the AC condenser outside. So in order to hook that up and get it compatible with my existing furnace, he had to cut some pipes um, because the new system was a bit, a bit larger. So when he put those back together, obviously they were just um, plastic pipes. So we just used the elbows and they went back together nice and neatly. But then when he came to the copper pipes that go from the evaporator coil system down into the furnace, he had to do some soldering because he had to like uh, get those pipes to bend a little because they weren't lining up perfectly with my existing furnace. So when he was in there, he had to use a blowtorch. Now, he was just about done with the project. He literally had about five minutes to go. And um, we didn't realize there was a fire alarm sprinkler in that closet because it was like in the back wall behind like my washer dryer tower. So we probably didn't, he probably didn't even notice it was there. Um, the room got to a temperature of 150 degrees. So the sprinkler went off. Uh, long story short, when the sprinkler goes off, it's not like sprinkler, it is like a fire hose. So the water just came. <laughs> I mean, I remember I was sitting here at my desk working and I just went, what? Uh, and I mean, like, pouring out of my closet. I like, I mean, I remember I was just, just thinking about it. It was just the one. Bad. It was just the one that went off, right? They don't all go off. The one. They didn't all go off. The only sprinklers that will go off in your unit are the ones. There's like a piece of like, you know, the uh, wax they put on the top of wine bottles sometimes. And if you melt it, you know, with the lighter, the wax melts. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. there's some sort of like waxy thing on the tops of these sprinklers and it, causes if your room reaches 150 that melts so the sprinkler will then go off i believe mm -hmm. that's how it works i've gotten quite the education on those well what's so interesting too to stop you real quick is what i also didn't know i learned so much by this what the situation happened but it's not funny at all i mean but i mean I learned a lot, um, but I didn't realize that nobody can shut those off other than the fire department and the yes. sprinkler company. So you, you are at their mercy for them to come and shut those off. Yes. So they do get a notification down at the fire department that an alarm has been triggered. So then after I kind of was in shock, I think I blacked out for a few seconds. I remember running to the closet and sliding across my hardwood floors. And then the, the, my guy was still working. God love him. He was in there. He's like, I'm almost done. And he's like, still working. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. He was great. So I just kind of grabbed my cigarettes and my phone and I ran out. I <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I called my sister. I'm like, my place is flooding because initially I was unaware only one sprinkler went off. Um, I thought they were all going to, you know, start going off. I thought it was like a domino. Yeah, I never knew that it was just one. Yeah, so it was just the one, but the one did enough damage. Um, literally, um, oh my good God. news. The good news is if it was a fire, it would have put it out. Maybe. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Definitely would have put the fire out. I mean, I, I mean, it's not a sprinkler. It, it was you like, were drowning in there. <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh my good God. I mean, I remember my first shower after the incident. I kind of like had a little PTSD or whatever that's called. I was <laughs> going, no. 
So <laughs> it just like all came back. I was like, there's water. You know? <laughs> so go fast forward. So your unit got flooded, obviously. My unit, they my unit got flooded. I ran outside. The fire department came. They turned the sprinklers off. They walked around. Uh, the building inspector came, turned off all the electricity because obviously wires in the wall are now wet. Um, he walked around and then they told me to call a company. I personally, I, I don't know if I can say the name of the company. I had service master come out. Mm-hmm. They are people that deal with, you know, this kind of situation. Um, I called my insurance company. I called service master. And then, um, I called, um, an electrician because the building inspector wanted all the electric to be shut off on that side of my condo because of the wires were damaged. Um, so he turned everything off on that side of the condo, so forth, so on. So after the dust settled and the next day, service master came in, they set up, I think it was 11 industrial size fans and dehumidifiers. They removed all my carpet, all my padding. Uh, they removed a huge area of hardwood floor. Um, they removed my ceiling from in that closet that goes up into my attic. They removed several walls. Uh, from the knee down because the water just the walls just absorbed the water even mm-hmm. though the water when it came down just kind of came down and flowed out it was like the walls sucked up water so mm-hmm. I had to remove walls from like the knee down so that was phase one dealing with them and then I you know dealing with my insurance company um so I let's call- talk about that okay so more so not even so much the damage and we know downstairs got destroyed all the way to the basement by the way so uh just as a recap liz is on one level living but she's up on the second floor she has a unit that's below her water flows downhill so it, it all landed there on her she's on the i would say the main level street level and then the basement is finished so her unit is destroyed she's still not living in there but let's let's go into the insurance part now. The here is something that's so important, and I thought about this after our show last week. Was this is why it is so important for people to hire people who are insured? Because not so much for well for you, you have your insurance, but they'll go after them. But if you don't have somebody that's insured working on your home and something like this happens, that is going to be horrific to deal with. So Liz, you have insurance, you're fully insured. Chances are your insurance company is going to cover everything. And then what will they do? Then they'll go after the HVAC person's insurance. Yes. The H, um, my AC guy already put in a claim to his insurance company. I've already had several conversations with their uh, claims person. Um, and he waived his rights to send an adjuster. Uh, he's going to just go with what my adjusters find and document his damage and repair because he's owning it. My AC guy's fully owning it. He's like, it was bad judgment call, a mistake. I've never had this type of mistake before, but he's owning it. So um, what I had to do is I had to call my insurance company. Now I have a a personal insurance policy, um, which covers everything from studs in for my unit. Um, That means it covers all my furniture and personal belongings and any damage that could happen in the unit. I have a $90,000 policy. My policy also covers up, uh, it's called pack out, I believe. Because because of the damage sustained here, they need to remove all my furniture and putting it in a um, 
a facility for a little while. And then once the floors are all done, they'll move all my furniture back. So my I even have coverage for that. So mm-hmm. I, I don't have to worry about any of those incidentals. But here's the thing when you own a condo, you need to be very um, aware of what's covered and what's not. Now, the master policy only covers structural damage, okay? So because the damage in my unit, and my unit alone is over $20,000, the master policy comes into play. So now my my insurance will cover the the first $20,000 worth of damage and then everything over $20,000, the master policy covers. But with that said, the master policy is only gonna cover damage over the 20,000 that structurally needs repair. It's not gonna cover um, any furniture or things that are lost. So what would a structural thing be? I mean, especially because I thought master insurance was only covering the exterior and common areas. Well, so you're saying- According to my bylaws, whenever a unit sustains more than $20,000 worth of damage, you have to use the master policy for structural repairs because their deductible is $20,000. So now my personal $90,000 deductible uh, insurance policy will cover that $20,000 deductible. So then anything over the $20,000, the master policy picks up. So like I need ceilings replaced. I need walls replaced. I need all my baseboards replaced. I need um, an entire house of hardwood floor replaced. I need two bedrooms worth of carpet replaced. I need my toe kicks in the kitchen all replaced. They had to remove all those because they got wet and just started peeling. So they just removed them. Um, I have to have an electrician come in and replace some boxes in that closet so I can get that closet up and running for my washer and dryer. Um, and I yeah, did your washer and dryer, right? I did lose my washer and dryer. Uh, they totaled that, wrote that off as a loss. Um, and then the whole place needs to be painted. The way my condo is, is you can kind of tell from behind me, it's sort of like all one room. So you're not going to be able to just paint my dining room in the kitchen you're gonna to have to paint the living room and going down my stairs, my entryway as well. So I have a complete paint coming. I have a complete hardwood floor being replaced, two carpets, two bedrooms. Can we stop for one second. So I think that's great that all those, I mean, all those things are gonna be covered. I guess I'm just still really confused about the master insurance covering this. Yes. Yes, structural. So we've always thought like structural being the outside, like, okay, the the exterior wall is falling down and needs to be replaced. But I think what you're saying is structurally, you need a you need a floor to walk on and that you need a ceiling over your head. So structurally, these are things that are required in order to live there. Correct. And I wonder if it's in every unit, if every condo, or if it's just yours. It's not just structural. It's, it has to bring the building back to spec. So whatever the original building looked like, it needs to be brought back to spec. And based on my got my bylaws in my condo docs, that's the way it's written. Now, here's a funny story. Remember that winter we had all that snow? Well, I suffered extreme ice dams over my front door and I got water damage on my ceiling above my entryway. Mm-hmm. I went to the condo place. I went to the management company. I spoke to Chris. I said, I only own studs in. I said, I have water damage above my front door. My ceiling all needs to be repainted and 
so forth because of the ice dams. And he said, well, it's not over $20,000. So that's your responsibility. Oh, okay. And so okay. now I could put in a claim with my insurance company and take out a personal claim to have my ceiling. Everyone thinks, well, I own studs in, that's an ice dam from outside. That should be the condos problem. No, yeah. it's not. Because the condos deductible is $20,000. If you do not have damage above $20,000, you cannot use the master policy because okay. that's what deductible is. Okay. So there is, you know, you have to be aware of these situations. So if I wanted my ceiling replaced, it was only going to cost me a couple thousand dollars. I would have to put in a claim with my personal policy. Mm -hmm. Wow. So in this, in this situation with me is my personal insurance covered service master. So the service master billed my insurance company directly. I didn't even see any bills from any of that. Now I'm just sitting and waiting for payments because I had my adjuster come in and then the condo master policies adjuster come in and they're both working with my restoration company on the figures and what needs to be repaired and how much it's going to cost. And, one and at the end of the day, it's not going to cost you anything, right? At the end of the day, my deductible is only $1,000, but I will be given that back from the AC guys insurance company because He'll pay everybody whole. So the bottom line is in this situation, it was a vendor who was fully licensed, fully insured. He made the mistake. So his insurance company is going to have to make my insurance company whole, master policy company whole. And then however, um, Angela, Angela is going to, he's going to have to make her whole. So the concern here though is, I mean, can mm -hmm. the association get involved? Are you reading my mind? I'm reading your mind. Go ahead then go I'm with it. Mold. Yeah. I mean, the mold, it could spread like wildfire, just like that water coming out of your <laughs> sprinkler. I have, I have association. Yeah. Have I, you talked to the association about that? I have addressed that with Chris. I've got several emails. Um, I do everything in email because I'm yeah. old school. I protect my own. I want things in writing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't deal with them other than emails. So we got several emails going back and forth. She did have the machines running. 24 seven for almost a month. Wow. So at this point, everything is dry down there. I have actually gone down there a couple times and I'm not seeing stuff growing on the wall, but there is a still concern because she doesn't, she has such a bigger issue because she can't even get the demolition done right now. Cause who's paying mm -hmm. for this? You know, the condo has a $20,000 deductible. Does she have $20,000 right now to cover that deductible to get the insurance going down there? That's why the service master had to pull out. They pulled out all their machines and they can't go in there to do demo until they have a guarantee for payment. And it's up in the air. She cannot go after the air conditioner guy directly unless it's probably a lawsuit. But his insurance company is not going to write checks for her. That what mm -hmm. they do is they write checks and reimburse our insurance companies. Yeah. So she can't work with his insurance company either on a one-on-one -on -one and say, these are the damages. Can you get in? So there is a stall downstairs. There is not a lot of action going on because it's still trying to work things out, figure out who's paying for what. Because Angie at this point 
has to come up with that $20,000 deductible. Well, and you know, here's the other thing too, Liz, is this isn't just impacting you because she's below you. So obviously the mold, if there is mold in there, and again, it's been hot and humid. So is her electricity shut off as well? No, her electricity is on. Um, my air condition has been on. Her air condition has been on. And like I said, her fans were running. Okay. Um, it's industrial fans. She had more than I. I only had 11 of them and I'm just on one floor. She had about 15 maybe set up because she had some in the basement and then some on, you know, her bedroom area, kitchen area. And mm-hmm. they were running 24 seven the whole time in the industrial dehumidifiers with the hoses going out the window. So all the water was, you know, being sucked out of the walls. So I do have a concern for that. Um, you know, I've told her several times, you know, we, you got to get these walls down, Angie. You guys are going to have to come to some conclusion because you need to find out if you need a mold treatment at this point. I'm not going to spend all my money and redo my place to come to find out I got mold under me. Well, and the neighbors that are abutting her as well. I mean, you, she has neighbors next to her and stuff like that. So if I were them, I would be, I would be concerned. I would be concerned. It, it is a concern. I mean, I don't believe there is mold going down there. I mean, when they took my walls down, my walls were dried studs. I mean, yeah. my- and here we are now. If the if for everyone who doesn't know, Liz is my sister. So now we're having a conversation as if we're sitting in the kitchen right now. But you know, one of my concerns is in between the floors. So the water came from your upstairs. They took up your hardwood floors, but they didn't take up your subfloor to get to where that insulation is. Insulation just is, it's filled with water. It's like a big sponge. Well, her ceiling is still up, not so much in the basement, but on her first level. She's aware. They've already told her, all the adjusters that have come in have told her her ceiling has to come down. It does, but what I'm saying is for the time being, did those fans get in between? That would be my question. Did the fans get in between the walls and in between the ceiling and your floor dry? Well, they do have these meters that yeah. measure for moisture. Okay. And Nick, who I dealt with for Service Master, also took care of her unit and, and was going in there quite frequently taking measurements to see if it was picking up on moisture and stuff in the walls. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a nightmare, but this just goes to show her nightmare is much more worse than mine because she wasn't adequately insured. That's the point of the story. Uh-huh. So now the master policy is going to come into take a place for her, but master policy will only replace things to original spec. Now, like I said before, that basement of hers, when these condos were built, mm. no basements were finished. Everyone had the same open canvas in their basement and had the right to finish it themselves. The original owner finished that basement. So that basement being finished is not original spec. So the master policy most likely is not going to do the repairs to repair it. It will rip out the carpets and take out the rest of the, you know, compromised ceiling down there, but it's not going to rebuild her basement because that original spec, it's not going to give her money for furniture. She's got damaged couches. She's got damaged mattresses. Master policy does not cover personal belongings. I mean, this is I'm, like, I'm, I'm, 
I'm so surprised because mm-hmm. with, with the whole insurance and how it coming to spend, you would think that if you were going to finish your basement and you knew that if something went wrong, it would not be put back together, that you would have some sort of coverage. I mean, this just sort of blows my it, mind. It blows my mind too, because as we're sitting here and we're having this conversation about it, my head is going in so many other directions. And that's why when I am a listing agent and or when I'm a seller's agent, when I'm a buyer's agent, and I'm looking at basements, I'm always saying, okay, well, did you get permits to do these things? Because honestly, if you didn't get permits for that, an insurance company is going to be like, see you later. You know what I mean? In your situation, it's different because like the damage is done and you can see what was there. But let's just say, again, my head was going in a different direction. What if there was like something overheated in that basement and started a fire and there were no permits pulled? Like, that's why these things are so important. And people, oh, I don't want the assessor to know what's going on in my house. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to have a a talk with Kathy Salmon, who's one of my past clients and also the uh, assessor for the town of Pembroke to do a show with us. Why people are so afraid to let the assessor in your house, they're going to appraise you or assess you for the top anyways so you might as well get the permits in place so anyways liz this this whole topic is fascinating i mean we actually spent two one-hour shows on this <laughs> back to back because of everything that is going on and um we have about three minutes left um in this in this conversation are there any last minute thoughts that you have for our final seconds here before we let everybody know who we are and what we do Um, I just want to stress the importance of doing your homework before buying a condo and making sure you have proper insurance coverage. Um, If you can't, my policy is a $90,000 policy. It's only $57 a month. If you can't afford $57 a month to um, insure and protect what you own, then you shouldn't be owning property. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> you shouldn't own property if you can't afford to insure it properly. Because I just think of Angie as well downstairs. Now, and in her defense, Angie is an older woman mm-hmm. and she probably didn't know. So for all of our listeners, if if we're not talking about you and that maybe you are you know, and I don't even want to use the word intelligent, but if you're in the know about insurance and the, you know, the, the process of having insurance, but maybe you have somebody that's, you know, maybe your parents are snowboarding and they're thinking about purchasing a condo here and a condo down in Florida. These are really, really good questions because I I'm telling you, I have been doing this for 21 years. I had no idea about the master insurance covering and, some of those yeah. things in that $20,000 deductible. Yeah, me and the oh, other thing God. is repair to spec. Like yeah. the original owner downstairs, Angie is not the original owner, but they spent thousands of dollars finishing that basement. Now that basement can't get fixed because master policy is only going to repair to spec. So you want to make sure you got enough personal coverage to protect what you spent. If yeah. I spend $20,000 $20, to refinish my basement and I'm on the first floor and I get someone living above me, you sure as heck know I'm going to make sure yeah. that basement's insured because a bathtub could flood, a dishwasher could flood. My anything could happen. Flood. Yeah. Anything could happen. Anything could you happen. Sure. So you want to make sure your personal coverage will cover any additional things you have done to your home. You exactly. own the home. You pay a mortgage. You pay taxes. You pay your condo fees. Mm-hmm. 
So if you did upgrades, like if you did all barn doors or you did anything like that, make sure it's insured. All right, Liz, thank you so much for joining us again. We are out of time, um, but this was a great topic. If you want to listen to session one of this, go to our podcast app. Talk Real Estate Roundtable is how you'll find us. You can go to talkrealestateroundtable.com. You can also go to bostonconnect.com. And Julia, who is our admin coordinator, does a great job putting that up on our website. uh, So you can find all of our past shows. Hey, if you want a one-on-one consultation with us or one of the dedicated agents here at uh, Boston Connect Real Estate, get in touch with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Did I miss anything, Mel? You didn't. You're perfect at it. All right. Well, perfect. Everybody have a great weekend and we will see you uh, next week. Bye, Liz. Thank you. Thank you for having me.